I know the left thinks that the founding fathers were complete idiots, and they don't know anything about today's life. But here's the thing. Uh, they kind of knew what could happen in our democracy if things weren't taking, taken seriously. And a lot of the Constitution was based off what they thought could actually happen. There is a... Uh, there is a an article on the Daily Wire called The Founding Fathers Six Prophetic Warnings That Are Coming True by Ricky Schlott. Uh, this is actually a this is actually something you have to pay for to read. And I'm not gonna give you the entire article. I'm just gonna talk about what Ricky, I'm assuming it's a guy, is actually saying. I'm going to read the introduction, and I'm going to encourage you to subscribe at the Daily Wire because they got a lot of good stuff over there. Dave from the Dave Rule actually does subscribe. He's got probably a year left. So let's talk about how the Founding Fathers knew this shit that's going to happen today was going to happen. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Now, um, I was going to do, well, I'm still going to do a kind of a philosophy moment here. Uh, but the first thing we need to say is um, thinking of Tiger Woods. Hope he's okay. Uh, the last news is that Tiber, Tiger Woods, of course, got into a rollover in his car on his way to a golf course at 7 a.m. this morning. Um, he was pulled from the car. His current condition is stable and serious. He has two compound fractures and a shattered um, and a shattered ankle. The good news is he was awake, conscious, alert. When he was pulled out of the car, he was talking to the police. Of course, when you have a compound fracture, of course, um, those are very serious. He didn't show that he was in any pain, but of course the, the police said there was a very good chance that he was actually in shock. Uh, he did go through surgery. We haven't heard about his surgery yet. Uh, I, I, I couldn't stop thinking about Kobe Bryant when I heard about this because, um, well, for me, golf, I hate golf, but Tiger Woods, I'd like to watch. Uh, my dad is a huge Tiger Woods fan, and I just, I think it would be really bad. I, I just hope everything's okay. Be thinking about him. And, you know, I know that he's rich and everything else, but that doesn't matter. It's just, this is a guy, any person who sits back and like, and I hate saying like, I gotta not do that, but any guy who affects your life like Kobe Bryant did my life when I was watching the Lakers. As a matter of fact, I stopped watching the Lakers after Shaq and Kobe uh, broke up. And after Kobe left, I basically quit the Lakers because I just didn't see any point to it. But when you have a guy that does make a difference in your life and says, okay, we can go out and motivate you to do something, like Kobe motivated me and my son to play basketball and Tiger motivates my dad and myself to play golf. It's just a sad thing. So I don't care that he's a rich guy and blah, blah, blah. You'll hear some of that garbage, but it doesn't make any difference. And I don't think twice about the sins of his past. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. So, uh, Tiger, I hope you get better. Um, God bless you. All right, so <clears throat> let's read Ricky Schatz, Schlotz. Uh, founding Fathers, Six pa Prophetic Warnings That Are Coming True. Now, Ricky is spelled R-I-K-K-I, -K -K so I think it's a chick, but I'm not really sure. So we'll, we'll call him a him, and I'll just basically apologize later. Let, let's see if I get a picture here. Oh, I'm not connected to the Internet. Okay, never mind. Never mind. You got to understand this is a low-budget thing, so... Uh, maybe I'll find out later on. I'll just reload this thing. Anyway, um, anyway, so let's start with uh, his introduction, his, her introduction, and then we'll go into the 
will go actually into the quotes. Now, one of the things I want to be very clear, this is not a free-to-read article. This is a very good article. I have to subscribe to the Daily Wire. And I like the Daily Wire because I like Andrew Clavin. I like Ben Shapiro. I like Michael Knowles. I like Matt Walsh. Uh, my suggestion to you is, and you can consider this kind of a podcast a podcast love, you should, uh, you should actually subscribe to this uh, website. It's alternate news. It's right-wing news. I read it every morning when I'm in bed. I wake up and I actually go through their articles. A lot of the articles that I go over come from the Daily Wire, though I like to go to different websites to confirm some of this stuff. But it's, it's a very, very good website. So let's read this by Ricky Schlott. In framing the Constitution, our founding fathers radically entrusted we, the people, with our own governance. In doing so, they also accepted vulnerability to mankind's shortcomings, recognizing the American experiment was fraught with peril. That's a good word, fraught. I need to start using that. That greed and corruption were inevitable features of the human condition. From Washington to Jefferson, the founders gave the American people a framework for success with the Constitution, while also leaving behind prophetic warnings of how the great American experiment could go awry. Here are six chilling predictions, in their own words, that are now coming to fruition. This is, this is awesome. A lot of the left like to say, well, the Founding Fathers were all racist, bigots, homophobes, xenophobes, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there are a couple of books, three books, actually, I suggest reading. And they're, they're really casual reading because these books are really long-winded. First off is The Federalist Papers, which is by John Jay, James Madison, and Alexander Hamilton. And this book basically describes what the Founding Fathers were thinking of when they wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Uh, now, this book it has introduction and notes by uh, uh, Charles R. Kessler and is one of the sig part of the Signet Classics Collection. So it includes the Continental Congresses, the um, Declaration of Independence, and the Constitution. So it is definitely something worth having. Another book I would suggest you read is A Patriot's History of the United States. Now, this is a, a history book. It's very long. It's about a 800 pages. It covers everything. from. And this book is by Larry Schweikert and Michael Allen. And this book covers... The landing of Columbus in 14, well, actually prior to 1492, all the way to uh, the Trump administration. Very good book, very long. I'm through 170 pages of, of the 800, and I read probably one or two history factoids a year. But it is a literal, chronological history of the United States. Another book that I just finished was 48 Liberal Lies About the American About American History by Larry Schweikert. He's the same guy who wrote A Patriot's History of the United States. Very good book. Very good book. So a lot of this stuff I've seen before. I wasn't surprised, but I didn't have the actual text from these guys. So the first, the first prophetic The first thing that was prophetic was from Benjamin Franklin. And he believed that salaried bureaucrats would actually breed career politicians. And he thought this was really, really, really bad. So this is what he said. He said this at the Constitutional Convention in 1787. He said, quote, Sir, there are two passions which have a powerful influence in the affairs of men. These are ambition and avarice, the love of power and the love of money. Place before the eyes of such men a post of honor that shall, at the same time, be a place of profit, and they will move heaven and earth to obtain it. 
I love that. And first off, Ben Franklin is my favorite founding father. I no, not kidding. I love Ben Franklin. See, here's the thing. Um, one of the beliefs is that a working government, a person working in government should not be paid. This was something they were saying back in 1787 when they drew up the Constitution. Ben, People like Ben Franklin and, and George Watt, they, they weren't sure it was a good idea that someone was in government and was actually making a career of government. Uh, they believed that a person should serve, uh, someone like Ben Franklin, believed that someone should serve then for free because that's what they mean. I'm serving. I'm a civil servant. You're not getting paid. You go there. You serve for your term, and then you leave, and you want to leave so you can continue your business and make money. This was a reality. This also brought up a deal. There's also belief that unrestricted power and money could create tyranny. That's what they were talking about. They did not want politicians to get paid. They wanted politicians, yes, the politicians would be rich. But then once they were done, they left office and that was it. They went on to their real jobs. That was the point of the whole thing. This was also the big argument, and there was an argument for this, for term limits. So they talked about term limits in, in the Constitutional Congress while they were writing up the Constitution. The problem is the founding fathers were so moral, the founding fathers were so principled, and they were creating a country, so they were trying to be principled. They basically said, no, no term limits, because if we get somebody good, we want to keep them. An example was George Washington. George Washington, in history, they wanted to make him king. And George Washington said, nope, don't want to do that. <laughs> don't want to do it. Done after my period. I'm gone. I'm going back to Virginia. Leave me alone. It wasn't until FDR that they decided, okay, we got to add a term limit because this guy's been in office for 12 years. And some of FDR's plans were very tyrannical. And so they decided, okay, we're going to have term limits. But this brings up other areas that we need. It's the expansion of government and career jobs within the bureaucracies of government. Let's take some of them. The EPA and the Department uh, Environmental Protection Agency and the Department of Homeland Security. These are areas where now you've got unelected officials making decisions. Now, what's scary about this these people do not go away and they're making laws that Congress will just pass. This is a big problem with our country right now where you've got bureaucracies that are creating legislation instead of those bureau instead of legislators who we voted for creating legislation. The EPA should have been eliminated a long I mean EPA came out when with Nixon should have been eliminated a long time ago. DHS, Department of Homeland Security, kind of a scary group of people. And not to mention, there are certain, I can't think of them at the, right now, but there are certain bureaucratic agencies that should have been eliminated because they were already corrupt. Politicians are also becoming extremely, there's a book, before I move on from the bureaucracies, there's a book called The Liberty Amendments by Mark Levine. He's on Fox News, especially on Saturdays. Brilliant guy. Worst read in the world. He's really boring to read. Very dry stuff. But he talks about one of the amendments that he would add to the Constitution would be the one that actually gets rid, that actually sets time limits on bureaucracies like the EPA and the DHS. Now, you might remember DHS did have a time limit, but they just Congress has to constantly redo their time limit. So that's what it is. Uh, but I think that's a great idea. I don't think a bureaucracy like the EPA should be hanging around for 40, 50, 60 years. And that's what's happening. 
career bureaucrats are becoming politicians and legislators, and they're getting rich off of it. And typically how they get rich off of it is illegally. Um, politicians are becoming rich. Let's look, let's look at something. Joe Biden, Joe Biden owns two houses. Joe Biden is now making 450,000 a year, but his average salary was like $200,000 a year. How is this guy worth 13, 14 million dollars with two beach homes? How does that happen? Bernie Sanders owns two houses. Some say three. I heard two, but whatever. Bernie Sanders, the socialist, owns two houses, three houses maybe. As he said, well, I published a book. Yeah, okay. Um, Nancy Pelosi, rich beyond belief. She can have seven, $800 of ice cream in a $10,000 refrigerator. Do you realize AOC is predicted to be worth a million dollars in the upcoming year? And she has been a congresswoman for a two years and she's done nothing? Here's the thing. These people get talk. I mean, they go on talk shows and they do get paid for that. But they also, the laws also do not affect them. For example, insider trading affects a lot of folks. It does not affect Congress people. Congress people are not set up with the same laws. There are also folks like Joe Biden said, well, he got a deal with his second house with his second house by going in and they gave him a lower interest rate that he could afford. Okay, that's fine, but why are you allowed to get that lower interest rate? Because he's a senator at the time when he bought the house. Our politicians are making too much. They're getting they're getting too much. They shouldn't be in there. How do we solve this? Term limits. You should not be in office. And they did discuss term limits. They did discuss term limits during when they were writing the Constitution. If you read the um, Federalist Papers, they say they did discuss it. But the problem was they were very positive at the time and they didn't want to just give a term limit to somebody. They figured that a person in their term is not going to be corrupted and could be corrupted if they only had a certain amount of time in Congress. Very disturbing stuff. And I think Ben Franklin, who, again, my favorite founding father, he basically called it. The next prophecy was by Thomas Jefferson. And what he dreaded was the politicization of, of the Supreme Court. He said, quote, Our government is now taking so steady a course as to show by what road it will pass to destruction, to wit, by consolidation first and then corruption. The engine of consolidation will be the federal judiciary, the two other branches, the corrupting and the corrupted instruments. Wow. This was this, yes. Now, this, the actual corruption of the Supreme Court, and I need to, I need to, and we're not... Okay, let me let me start over again. Let me let me come up. I'm making this stuff up as I go. So there are two types of Supreme Court justice. There's a textualist who reads the Constitution and bases law off the Constitution, which I believe is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And I think that's the way it was intended by the Founding Fathers. And then there are the activist judges. And the activist judges see the Constitution as a living document that changes as we actually um, move on as a country throughout history. This is what the, the Founding Fathers are actually afraid of this. Okay. Because corruption, what Jefferson was worried about was corruption of the legislator, legislative branch, and the executive branch. And the only thing that's going to be there to save democracy are the federal, uh, are the judici is the judiciary, which will go only by the Constitution. But if you have activist judges, and these judges 
just decide to make things up with the Constitution, then you've got a corrupted system. That's what Thomas Jefferson is saying. Now, here's a new slush. Roe versus Wade. And I actually, I'm, change, I'm changing this a little bit because, you know, when you look at activist judges, RBG, Sotomayor, Souter, Kagan, those are the most recent ones. Okay, compared to the uh, compared to the textualists, which would be uh, Alito, Clarence Thomas, um, to some extent uh, Gorsuch, and I say to some extent because I'm not completely sure uh, the new gal they threw in there. These are people that actually read the Constitution and make a decision based off of the words of the Constitution. Here's a newsflash. And by the way, the the Supreme Court has been going back to a more liberal form for years. This started back in 1890s, early 1900s, where they started becoming uh, activist courts. And we can see that one of the things that really drives me nuts, the, the Democrats always pick justices that are very qualified for to, be, to be justices, but they see the Constitution as a living document. And so Republicans, being all nice, and they, they sit back and they, they, nominate, they actually confirm these justices. Meanwhile, justices that are, are textualists, that read the Constitution as written, they're getting, they're getting thrown out. I mean, looks what happened. Robert Bork. I mean, Borked. You got Borked. You got thrown out of uh, being, a, you, got, you did not get confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. Bork was a, a textualist and he made no claims about it, no qualms about it. He was a textualist. Roe versus Wade, he said, that's not a law. And by the way, he's right. Look at the crap they gave Gorsuch. Look at the crap they gave Clarence Thomas. Look at the crap they gave Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, I would say, is, is in a reach as a textualist. Meanwhile, RBG, who was a lawyer for the ACLU, Sotomayor, Kagan, extremely left-wing and had no qualms about it, actually passed through with no problems, flying colors. Meanwhile, you got Bork, who was denied. Uh, Bush had, or um, uh, yeah, Bush or Reagan had a couple of others and Bush had one that was denied because they were textualists. I can't remember one and you can't you can't say Merrick Garland was rejected by the Senate. He never had a hearing in the Senate. The reality is, if he had a hearing in the Senate, he would have been accepted. Here's my problem. Nowhere. This is the big question: Is there anything in the Constitution that says anything in gay mar about gay marriage? There's not. I haven't seen it. I've read the Constitution. Okay. Well, then gay marriage is kicked to the states. The federal government has no say. Do you see anything about abortion in the Constitution? I don't. I read the Constitution a couple times. Well, then in that case, the federal government has no say in abortion, and it's kicked down to the it's kicked down to the states. You see, you see where the difference is between a textualist and a activist judge. Activist judges try to create law, and they try to create law based off what the legislature wants them to create. It's corruption. You can't pass gay marriage in the House, the Senate, and get it signed by the president. Well, then you get the Supreme Court to sit back and say, gay marriage is fine. That's not good. That's corruption. That's using the court to push your agenda. There's a decent book out there called uh, One Vote Away by Senator Ted Cruz. I say it's a decent book because you can learn a lot. It's a little dry. I don't know what it is with politicians and really dry books, but this one is a kind of a dry book. It, it shows you how important the Supreme Court is. And he doesn't talk about it directly, but he does talk about activism in the courts. 
and I would go I would go a step further. I would say because Ted Cruz, if you you remember this, Ted Cruz actually spoke in front of the Supreme Court several times. It's very good. Um, I would say when the Supreme Court becomes activist and political, they are corrupt. Because one of the goals of the Supreme Court is not even for anyone to know they exist. The Supreme Court was deemed as the weakest branch of government. Now, the Supreme, when the Supreme Court becomes the strongest branch of government, that's a bad thing. The third prophecy was by James Madison, who warned that unarmed people in a biased press would breed tyranny. Now, unarmed people, if you don't know, that's the Second Amendment. A biased press would breed biased press. That is the First Amendment. So let's read the First and Second Amendment, okay? The First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's number one. Number two, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. All right. Well, here, here's, here's a big, here's a little secret. I mean, it's a really little secret because the reality is it's brought up in the Federalist Papers again. The First Amendment is giving you rights that were given to you by God, period. And Thomas Jefferson, who wasn't a deist, he was actually a Christian, but he was more of a secular Christian. He didn't bring... The Constitution and the Declaration of Independence are actually very secular documents. They really are not pointing to one religion. But one of the things he said was, we have these rights and they are giving, given to us by God. The First Amendment... The Second Amendment, excuse me, is there to protect the First Amendment. It was not an accident that the First Amendment and the Second Amendment comes after the First Amendment. It's not an accident that the Second Amendment wasn't the Eighth Amendment. The reason we are allowed to have guns is to protect our right to free speech, free press, free religion, and the ability to protest. Now, what he's saying basically here is that, well, if you poison the press so that the press tells you something that may not be true. In other words, if the press becomes a puppet of a specific party, and then that party deems, we got to take away your guns, we got to take away your arms. And contrary to what you may have read in high school history books, arms have been around forever. Guns have been around forever. As a matter of fact, it was required law that you have a gun and a set amount of ammo in case before and after the revolution in case of tyranny. This was a requirement. So don't let the history books tell you anything different. Read uh, uh, 48 liberalized uh your teachers have been telling. I, I, I read, told you the name of the book. I can't remember. Uh, 48 Liberal Lies About American History. Read that. It talks about that because a lot of teachers say, well, not everyone had a gun. No, every male between the age of 16 and 60 was required to have a rifle and required to have a set amount of ammunition to be able to create a militia. That is an absolute fact. Everybody had a gun gun. And a lot a lot of the liberal people will tell you, well, the reason we don't think they had guns is they were never given as uh, inheritance. They weren't given as inheritance because guns in the household were considered the same thing as like plates. They were everywhere. I didn't need to inherit my daddy's gun because I already had my own because I was required by law to have it. That's why you don't see a lot of that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've seen this in history. Okay, let's take Venezuela, which happens to be 
the latest in the line of tyrannical governments. First, Chavez, Hugo Chavez, controlled the press. The press pushed Chavez's thing. And by the way, same thing as ours. Social justice, health care, rights, blah, 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 blah. That crap that you hear from the left all the time today. And the ideas were pushed. Then he had a gun buyback program. Some people gave their gun, guns and got some money. Most people didn't. After the gun buyback didn't work to what they wanted, for example, the gun buyback in Australia, everyone says, oh, it prevented Australian violence. Well, no, um, gun violence in Australia was already low. But their buyback program literally got a quarter of their guns. I, everyone still had a gun in Australia. Once the gun buyback didn't work, the government confiscated guns. That led to death. By the way, they did try to do that in Australia too. People were killed. Finally, the government said, screw it. Nationalize everything. Nobody can fight. And now people are eating dogs and cats on the streets. Don't think that's not coming in this country. Don't think that can't come in this country. Reagan said, in my... Freedom can be lost in a life. Freedom can be lost in a generation. And it definitely can. And we've seen this process more than once. I know the left likes to say, oh, we believe in socialism like Norway or Sweden or Switzerland or Denmark, which, by the way, none of those countries are socialist countries. But meanwhile, they are actually pointing to the type of socialism that happened in China. Soviet Union, Cuba, North Korea, and many other countries like them. They never, the, so, the socialist countries they're talking about have nothing to do with Denmark, Norway, Sweden, or any of those other countries. It's just crap. Number four. George Washington predicted that political factions could tear the nation apart. He said this in his farewell address on September 17, 1796. Quote, However, political factions may now and then answer popular ends. They are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be able it will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and usurp themselves the the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted us to unjust dominion. This is a great one. End quote. This is a great one. Listen, we're no longer Democrat and Republican. We've morphed into left versus right. And by the way, when we say left, we're talking about the really radical parts, partial birth abortion, open borders, globalism, really extreme stuff. When we talk about right, right is anyone, the right is anyone who doesn't agree with them. There are many classical liberals, and one I can name right off the bat is like Dave Rubin, who is a gay man who was on the left or on the left side of on the left side for a very long time who says, I I can't even do this. The reason Joe Biden won, he won off the fact that he's moderate and he's going to bring everything back to normal. And now we've seen he's absolutely insane. So it's not a thing. We cannot, there, there is no common ground between the left and everybody else. Hey, I, I, I'm more right wing than let's say Ben Shapiro. I'm a conservative. Ben Shapiro is a libertarian. I just mean I, I can talk like both he and I would have a very different take on drug legalization. But uh, the reality is we could have a talk about it. And if I lost and they legalized drugs, okay. But there are certain things I, I can't. Personal birth abortion, as far as I'm concerned, is murder. I We can't look at that and say this is okay. Killing 
a baby after it's born from a failed abortion, that's not a thing. That's nothing we can agree about. Here's the problem. There's no civil discourse with the left anymore. They won't discuss it. They won't discuss it. They'll just call you a racist. And that's a huge problem. And in fact, they go so far. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. And this has gotten more apparent since the China virus has hit the world. Because now the, the left is actually locking everything down for no scientific reason. There is no scientific reason our schools are, are not open right now. None. Zero. I don't care what Dr. Fauci says. Dr. Fauci doesn't know his ass from, his, from a hole in the ground. There's no reason we're doing this anymore. Except that maybe something wild and crazy. Maybe those in power like it. Do you think maybe Gavin Newsom likes having the power to say you close or you you can stay open? Do you think Andrew Cuomo likes or uh, Gretchen Whitmer like being able to point and say you have to close and you have to open? And if I open, it's based off my whim. Do you know how I know none of this is taken seriously? Nancy Pelosi gets her hair done. Lori Lightfoot gets her hair done. Uh, uh, Gavin Newsom goes to the French Laundry to have a $10,000 dinner with 30 other friends with no mask. None of these people are... Even Fauci, David Fauci doesn't take it seriously. He doesn't wear a mask when he's off camera. It's crap. The language has changed. Before we were able to debate, we don't debate anymore. Now, it's good versus evil. Good are the far leftists. Evil is everybody else who doesn't agree with everything that they say. And they don't debate. They just call you a racist, a white supremacist, a transphobe, a xenophobe, a bigot, a misogynist, a sexist, whatever they call you. That's their argument. That's not an argument. That's name calling. It's me calling you a jerk. And then you say you would say sticks and stones. Well, guess what? You call me a racist, sticks and stones. I already like math. So I'm already a white supremacist. I already like perfection. I like objectivity. So I'm already a white supremacist, according to day before yesterday's podcast. So I don't think twice about it anyway. We have cancel culture. So now if you don't agree, you're canceled. Canceled. Done. We talk about, we're going to talk about cancel culture almost every day because it's always out there. We talk about censorship. Well, I don't like what you say. Make sure he can't say it. We see that on Twitter. We see that on Facebook. I, we, I've seen that on YouTube. I gave a podcast about QAnon. I got flagged. You're seeing this stuff. And finally, in the government, we're seeing it in the form of minority rights. Right now, we just talked about this. I think it was last week or the week before. We talked about how these guys were actually... Um, the Democrats were picking who the Republicans could put on committees. The ending of minority rights. This is the end of democracy. This is a really bad thing. The Constitution made it that you may be the majority, but you can't become tyrannical because the minority does have rights. Now we're finding the Democrats, they're ignoring the Constitution. Anytime you hear a Democrat or a leftist sit back and talk about the Constitution, be very careful. Look in your pocket and make sure you didn't lose any cash you have in your wallet. Because that means, A, I get to take some things for you when they talk about constitutionality. The fifth prophecy I've been saying for about the past 20 years, and that's before I was really into politics. And that was by Ben Franklin warning us against the prioritizing us of safety, safety over liberty. And this is an extremely disturbing one. He said in uh, a 1755 Pennsylvania assembly, quote, those who give up their essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty or, nor safety, end quote. You ever, heard of the you ever hear the saying, freedom isn't free? It, there couldn't be a more truer statement. What is freedom? The Bill of Rights defines it. Freedom to say anything you want, even if it's bad. Freedom to pray to any god. Freedom to protest. Freedom to protect yourself, both from criminals and the government. Freedom not to be harassed 
by the government. Freedom to take risks and reap the rewards. This is where taxes come. I've always said taxes are nothing but, and taxes are actually supposed to be, were, income taxes were supposed to be temporary. They became permanent after 1900. Taxes are nothing but legal theft. The government is taking away your rewards for taking risk or working hard. Likewise, freedom is to fail. If you fail, you have to deal with it. There's nothing there. That is the risk that one takes. You're on your own, but you have the freedom to take those risks. And the reality is, if you take risks like that, you're going to have no problem getting a job. You'll be able to recover. Freedom is to fail and to recover. The left is offering you today nothing but free things. The only thing one has to do is give up their freedoms to get it. And by the way, they're not offering you free things. They're offering you safety from the social contract. You have to pay higher taxes because nothing is free. That's all a lie. There's no $50,000 back on your student loans. There's no welfare. Someone is paying that. You know what the problem with that? Is that eventually it goes away. There ends up not being enough money, especially if the government is controlling it. We've seen this in Venezuela. We've seen this in the USSR. Except low quality. Like Medicare for all? What kind of crap thing is that going to be? The government couldn't run a hundred couldn't keep Medicare for a hundred and fifty thousand people at the VA. You think they're gonna be able to do it for three hundred thousand people in the United States? No. You'll get your Medicare, you'll you'll have your health care, but it'll be like it'll maybe probably worse than Canadian health care. You'll have to wait six months to get your cancer treated. Congratulations. Give up the constitution and the philosophy, and the history that made this country great. Forget those. I mean, we're already seeing the Constitution is, is when people are you want to use the Constitution to stop a right-winger, they sit there and say, well, it's unconstitutional. They can't quote a damn thing from the Constitution. But when they want to get what they want, like steal our guns away or stop you from saying um, that men are men and women are women and men can't be women and women can't be men, Constitution sucks. Our history. Yeah, I've already said our history is important because our history shows us that we had some problems and we kind of fixed those problems. And we've become still great. We ended slavery, and we still became an economic power. We ended women's suffrage, and our electoral process has only gotten stronger. That's stuff they don't want. We've ended Jim Crow, and we've become closer as a nation until Barack Obama became president. And ending our philosophy? Well, our philosophy is based on a few things. We're based on family, religion, Family, God, and country. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Or property, depending on how you look at All that stuff is being looked down to as evil. If you've ever read The Right Side of History, if you've never read The Right Side of History by Ben Shapiro, you need to read it. It's a very easy read. It's not a very long book. But it goes over the great, philosophies of the United States, philosophies that reach back into the Greek Greek philosophy and the Judeo-Christian philosophy. It's, it's a fantastic book. You need to read it. Here's the problem with our country. We've become selfish. As, not necessarily my generation, but definitely the millennial generation and the generation before that become selfish. We want, they want what they think they deserve without having to work or take any risks. That's really, really, really scary. Because basically what's happening is they want to give up. They want their safety 
And meanwhile, it's their it's their kids. It's the millennial kids and the generation after that whose kids are going to end up suffering. It's very selfish. Very, very, very selfish. And I see this. I mean, I, I had a buddy who's a millennial. We discussed the landing on the moon. Uh, and he sits back and he tells me, oh, we never landed on the moon. Well, how can we have landed on the moon? Do you know something? The, gener- the millennial generation, the generation, they've accomplished nothing. Yes, we're landing. And then they, they just throw everything away. You know, we just landed a lander on Mars for the first time. Not only did the lander send back pictures, it sent back sound. We've got pictures of Pluto. These people don't see anything in that. It's not that big of a deal. They have rejected the greatness of this country. I haven't seen any country land a lander on Mars. No other country has done that. China just landed a lander on the moon, for Christ's sake, and they landed on the dark side of the moon. Okay, yay them. So what? Landed on Mars. Don't talk to me. Go take pictures of Pluto and Saturn and Uranus. And it is Uranus. It's not Uranus. It is Uranus. Neptune. Jupiter. Send me pictures of those planets and every moon there. They can't do it. They reject what this country has done. And the youth, they have no, they're completely lost. They think they have no accomplishments. And they don't understand the accomplishments of today were because of the accomplishments in the past. And people paid attention to them. They don't. They take them all for granted. Because they're too freaking busy on their bloody cell phones. That's what it comes down to. And that leads us to the last point, the last actual prophecy. I know I'm running late, but this is real important to me. John Adams feared that future generations would take this country and their liberty for granted. This is what he said, quote, posterity, you will never know how much it costs my generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make good use of it. If you do not, I shall repent in heaven that I never took half the pains to preserve it. Do I need to even say anything? Really? You know something? Um, my mom taught me how to work hard. My dad taught me there was opportunity. Anything is open to me. My grandfather taught me never to give up, and my grandmother taught me that this was the best country in the world. And she came from, she was actually from Nazi Germany. Everyone in my family said, celebrate your country. I used to wear the stupidest outfits on July 4th. And you know something, what was weird? The teachers actually promoted this back then, way back then. They also promoted religion. They promoted discipline. They promoted hard work. I worked my ass off. I used to walk house to house to go find a job doing gardening. I was 13 years old, and I, if I made 15, 20 bucks, I was thrilled. My mother used to make me read for 30 minutes a day because I sucked at reading. Now here, that's all I do. I worked at McDonald's, for Christ's sake. Burned my hell out of my hands. Worked there for three to six months. I know what hard work is. Heck, my schools used to have sex education. Don't stick your thing in anybody unless you want to marry that person because, yeah, you're stuck. Kids don't want to learn this anymore. They want everything for free. They think they're owed. They think they're, they don't believe in a meritocracy where you earn what you get. Kids aren't even being raised like I was raised. They don't appreciate the things I was raised to appreciate. Half of them don't even have parents. They've got a mother and maybe, maybe a father. Usually not. Over 50% of the kids in the country right now are raised without a father. 75%, 76% actually, in the black community are raised without a father. 
I've also seen what things are like in countries, including the, quote, free countries, end quote, like Australia. It's nothing like what we have. You ever hear those idiots that are always threatening to move to Australia or Canada if they don't get what they want politically, like if Trump wins again, blah, blah, blah. You know what? They should. Especially those rich folks that are really manipulating our culture, manipulating our youth, like Tom Cruise and Bruce, just another tequila, Springsteen and all these people. Let them leave. Go to Australia. See how that works out for you. It'll work out okay for them. But I'm pretty sure if my daughter wanted to move to Australia, hey, have have a good time. See how it works. And I don't mean visit these countries. I mean stay and live in these countries. Get a job. Pay taxes. Deal with real racism and xenophobia. Because I got news to you in Australia, they don't like Americans. And they'll tell you, they have no problem with this. Really live someplace else. Maybe these folks will have a greater a greater appreciation for what they have. Because what we had, and I said had here, because I know in the 1980s and 1970s, it's not what it is today. I really am thinking we are now probably getting really close to a tyrannical country. So... We'll have to see, and all we can do is fight it. Okay, you can follow me on uh, uh, you can follow me on Parlor at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can follow me on Rumble.com at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can follow me on Twitter at Run and Fool R U N N I N F E W L. You can follow me. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube, and uh, Rumble. Uh, visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You will not find this podcast there. No show notes uh, because this is exclusive content from the Daily Wire, and I would suggest that you actually view the Daily Wire and maybe even subscribe. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.